hey guys, like, I know you're all wondering, did I get my Chemical Romance tickets? <laughs> and the answer is kind of. Welcome to Riverdale, <laughs> the podcast where we watch Riverdale and talk about it. And we don't talk about my Chemical Romance. <laughs> um, I'm Julia. I'm also Julia. I like that you said we talk about Riverdale. I think that's very a very polite and diplomatic way to put what this podcast is all about. In reality, we insult it to its <laughs> core. Yeah, if you're new, welcome. That's hey, what we do. We're both named uh, Julia, and we both dislike Riverdale. And uh, let's get started. Yeah, so this week we had episode, or chapter 68 the quiz. I think that was the name of it. So close to 69. So next week. How are we going to celebrate? Um, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, like, do you think they'll make it good for the occasion? <laughs> Just celebrate. Wow, I wonder what we're going to do, for, uh, what they're going to do for Riverdale um, episode four, chapter 420. I know. That's because it's coming. We all know it. <laughs> Um, yeah, I think it was called called Quiz Show. Yeah. So, all right, <laughs> here's what happened. There was a quiz show. <laughs> Any overarching thoughts about the episode? I Before actually, yeah, that's, you know, thank you. Um, <laughs> I didn't hate this one quite as much as the others uh-huh. this season because I... Would you say you liked it? No, but, <laughs> but I was I was more interested in this episode, like in the various storylines, than in most of the past episodes this season. Like I, it felt kind of like the the older style in a way, like the season two and three, just because there was a lot going on with mm-hmm. everyone, and like also the characters were interacting with each other more, and and there were some like fun new interactions I thought too that we'll get to. What about you? Oh my god, yeah. Um, I didn't care for it. That's t- that's typical, though. Um, yeah. I thought it did. It it probably is one of the be- one of the better, if not the best, episode of the season so far. Um. Yeah. I'll, yeah, I I agree with that. I'll dive in once we uh get into the specifics but I did like some of the throwbacks like Mr. Keller yeah I thought that too like they they what, you know, remembered fox. people <laughs> <laughs> but I mean I do want to say though the fact that the season is I'm assuming over halfway over and I feel like this episode it finally got into the groove it would have been in say episode three of last <laughs> season in an ideal world yeah yeah or like uh they also um I feel like this was kind of one of those episodes where they put a lot of things into it instead of spreading it out. For example, the quiz show. They introduced it at the very end of the last episode, and now it's over. Like, they could have had, like, maybe this one be, like, a prep episode. A prep yeah. episode, if you will. And But they, they didn't. It's just over. And yeah. that's it. So... They don't know how to build momentum. Exactly. So, um, is there anyone in particular you want to talk about first? I was thinking maybe we could do, like, Archie, just because he had a storyline. Just because he's the most annoying and we can just get him out of the way. Yeah, (laughs) pretty much. So, um, 
this episode is about Archie's um, he his stuff with Andrew's construction, which we've seen none of this season until now, and we're I, we have to be under the impression that he has only been doing this, even though he definitely hasn't, because he was fighting crime in the streets and also running a community center that we haven't seen. And and he's been at football practice every day after school. Yeah. So ex- so yep. between those three and you know, helping out at Andrew's construction and going to school. I, I don't... Wow, Archie must be... You know, I take back every insult I've ever had, I've ever given him. He must be <laughs> one of the most efficient people on the planet if he's doing all of those things. It's funny, because in the beginning of the episode, I think in Jughead's narration, he says something like, oh, everyone's oh prepping for the quiz show, but... Archie was immune and I was like yeah because he's not smart enough to be on the quiz show team <laughs> that was I, I I thought that as well so um well yeah so this episode his uncle Frank is be, has become the new foreman of Andrew's construction I don't think he's qualified but he's family <laughs> so that trumps all um yeah and then Mr. Keller has this line, and he was like, oh, I'd, Archie, I'd appreciate if you told me beforehand. And I was like, why Why did Archie not... T- also, first of all, who made Archie in charge of, like, the hiring processes at <laughs> Archie's construction? And how dare he just replace him without telling him? Was he just supposed to, like, show up that day and, and say, oh, I've been demoted? Come on, dude. Yeah. Tom Keller is probably mm-hmm. one of, like, the most screwed-over characters on this show. Um, yeah. Like... Like, obviously, a lot of the characters have been through worse stuff, but he's just a normal guy trying to do his job, and he just is, like, continuously not able to do that, and he has to deal with Archie, too, and I would never want to do that. Um, Maybe it's because I don't remember what happened in the past. I'm sure it was something to do with the politics of the town, but why doesn't he go back to working at the sheriff's office? I don't know. Is it one of those things where if he can't be sheriff, he doesn't want to do it at all? Or, I like, I know he was removed by, I just, um, I think Hiram? Hermione. Or, yeah, or Hiram. Yeah. One of, the, that family. The dynamic duo. Yeah, and, like, but maybe he didn't want to go back after that, but I don't know. I didn't know he was work. like, I was surprised to see him working at Andrew's Construction. <laughs> yeah, I think that was something new that they just threw on this episode, and we were... S- supposed to assume that we've known that the entire time but um i feel like um, often in our, in this podcast we're talking and we're like oh why doesn't this just happen and then we're like oh i don't know maybe it was something in the past season and i just think about all the diehard riverdale fans who also listen to this hey what's up guys <laughs> um and they're like it's because in season four and season two episode 13 like but they can't we can't hear you so yeah Unless you tweet us at Riverdome Pod or send us an email, riverdome at gmail.com. <laughs> that was the plug. Connect with us. What's up? Yeah. But, uh, anyway. Yeah, so, but he, Frank replaces Tom and it doesn't go well. Uh, he, like, and the biggest thing that happens is he invites all the guys over for beer after work frequently and, like, Tom's doing the books. So it's kind of to show, like, oh, Frank's irresponsible. Tom isn't. Blah, blah, blah. And then he takes that juxtaposition. (laughs) Wow, I get it, Riverdale. No, you're good. (laughs) And then, but then he also steals $200. And 
his ideas to bet it so he can give everyone their Christmas bonuses. And also simultaneously, Hiram wants to hire them to do some government job. And Tom's like, yeah, we should do it. And Archie's like, no, no, no. That's Hiram. We don't trust him. So I was so angry at this part because, like, a government contract means stability. And these guys, like, already didn't get a Christmas bonus. Uh, It's shitty to not get a Christmas bonus. Yeah. And so if he's, and that's not like, besi- that's beside the point. Like, you know, it, Archie's a child. Tom was previously in law enforcement. So clear, I mean, I don't know how well he, he knows the, um, the world of construction management. But I'm so angry that Archie, like, denied his, company's employees a stable future and like steady income because of Hiram who and all he cares about now is making rum like yeah he's he's been worse and who really gave Archie the authority to do this yeah I don't if 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 Tom and then Frank were the foreman wouldn't they have the authority to like I know Frank stood beside him when Archie was against that but I don't know. Does Frank just, even like, know Hiram? I guess he did if they yeah. all went to high school together. Never mind. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I wonder if he played Griffins and Gargoyles with Hiram. But, but yeah. Um, so, Frank does end up getting the Christmas bonus money. And Archie delivers it to... I almost said the sheriff, but no. He <laughs> delivers it to Tom. And after Tom quit... And Archie offers him his job back as foreman, but he declines it. Um, that's it. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's just Archie being moronic. Yeah. I like to use that word. For, I like to call Archie a moron because he once said that he's not a moron. And so I just really have to hit him where it hurts. Oh, yeah. It, we really love making fun of fictional characters. <laughs> but... Yeah, I felt like this storyline didn't really fit in with the others. It's, like, I mean, besides maybe, like, it just, they didn't interact with any of the other castmates. I'm glad you said that, because I have a note in here, in my notes, like, Hire, or Hire, Veronica and Archie do not interact anymore. I can't tell you, like, in this season, I think they've had, like, less than three or fewer scenes together. And it's like, yeah. this is so different from the first couple of seasons where it's like their love story and like getting together and you know their end game and stuff and now they it, I mean we're definitely past halfway this, through the season and they've interacted a handful of times and it's just I don't know I feel like that was for the true fans out there that was something that they were more interested in seeing and the writers just don't want to give them that and it's like all right yeah I think if like if I were a new viewer who started watching this season maybe like mid this season I probably wouldn't even know they were together right because they don't they don't even mention it really like honestly I'm like did they break up right you wouldn't even know exactly um well do you want to talk about Veronica and Cheryl all right um this is about their rum business business expenditures um and so they, 
the whole thing is they're making this maple syrup based rum. So that's maple syrup from Cheryl, the rum from Veronica. And they're still teenagers in high school. And, and they go to their chemistry teacher. Dr. Beaker. Seriously? Is that his name? Yeah. I, I, I don't know how I missed that. That was one of the opening. Uh, it was like the very first like full scene. It was the two of them addressing Dr. Beaker. And then she called him like Dr. Like Egg Brain or something. I don't know. And I was like, okay. Sorry, that was beside the point. But um. <laughs> Just, like, whose choice was it to make the chemistry teacher's name Dr. Beaker? Is it supposed to be, like, a, a f- like funny or, like, clever? Just what was that choice? I didn't like it. There were a lot of choices this episode where I was like, no. <laughs> and do I trust he knows how, what he's doing? Like, I don't think my chemistry teacher from high school would be able to tell the differences between, like, the, the chemical makeup of two different rums. Hey, Do he, I didn't trust go, he didn't get his PhD for you to say that. Dr. Beaker, that is. <laughs> I, I guess. But Sorry, I, I don't got know. you, Dr. Beeper, Beaker. <laughs> Beeper. <laughs> but, um, but, yeah, they find out it's, like, chemically different enough that they can patent it. So they bring it to Hiram in a dumb move. And they're like, <laughs> we have our rum. Ha ha. Yeah. And then they're like, let's serve it at Le Bon Nuit. But, like, it's as a dance club where we don't sell our drink. We just serve it. And I'm like, isn't that, isn't a liquor license for you to serve liquor not to sell it, per se? You know, truth be told, I don't know. The, I don't know how that works. But I am annoyed that her whole, so her whole premise is that they're going to be a alcohol-free nightclub where they're serving, they're, well, they're serving liquor for free. Um, and people can purchase mocktails. Um, okay. But then she says that... Um, wait, sorry, I have a note. And it's... Okay. And then she says she's going to use the legitimate money that they make from the mocktails to help fund their shadow operation, which is, you know, furnish manufacturing their special rum. And that's, like, that's money laundering, basically. Yeah. And she used to shit on Hiram so hard for breaking the law um, and, like, how she always wanted him to, like, be a good and, like, truthful man. This is an earlier season, especially season one. And now she's literally not even, or maybe 18, she's not even out of high school and is just straight up committing money laundering. I just don't understand it. Yeah. It's it's just, like, a bizarre storyline to me. in general and like I just don't really it just doesn't I don't know it's just like I'm sick of Veronica against her dad it's just so boring at this point like nothing has changed since season one really yeah. like, she they've made better it. to do apparently not like again we've talked about this before but I always thought the rum would be a long-term goal while she like builds up her business but instead she's like diving right into it did but, she get into college? You know that she was like planning on going to Harvard. Um, what happened there? Like, d- doesn't she have like a test she can study for? Like laundry yeah, to do? Just do anything they, else. I don't care. They have a quiz show coming up. Why isn't she studying for that? I don't know. <sighs> but um, but their so their you know nightclub now is up and running, 
and there's a dance montage, and then Hiram comes in, and wait, let me first say, I think Hiram and Cheryl is a very fun interaction that I never thought about, but, but I'm pretty, I was like, you know what, all right, I like this, <laughs> that's kind of fun. Wait, um, do you remember in an earlier season when Cheryl, I think it was Cheryl, like, breaks into their house and, like, kisses one of the paintings? Oh my and, god, like, yeah, I remember her red that. lipstick. <laughs> Oh my gosh, I forgot about that. Yeah. <laughs> I forget why the, she did it, but... Yeah, that was the last, like, Hiram Cheryl quote-unquote interaction that I can remember. Um, are you are you describing the dancing montage so you can get to uh, Hiram's iconic line? Oh, would you like to say it? <laughs> sure. <laughs> so they're all dancing, and, um, and then the sheriff or the... Okay, I mean, I don't know who who breaks into La Bonne Nuit because it's not the sheriff because um, where's FP? Yeah. So I guess they do have other law enforcement. But anyway, um, they break in and Veronica is like, what the hell is this? And then <laughs> a iconic Hiram line. Um, he says, haven't you been through this? Haven't you been through enough of them to know? It's a raid. <laughs> and I love that. Yeah, it's okay. So... When that happens, they find the bottles of rum, which I, I don't, this whole thing was just very confusing, but I, so, as once they open the door with, like, all the rum shelves, Hiram, like, takes off his jacket and, like, starts rolling up his sleeves, and I was so confused. I was like, is he going to box them? Like, what's going on here? <laughs> Is he going to take off his shirt? Like, that's, like I had no idea what was about to happen. And then it turns out he takes a sledgehammer. <laughs> I was like, where did that come? Because he didn't come down the stairs holding a sledgehammer. No, I guess one of the police officers had it. I don't know. <laughs> when he took his jacket off, I thought he was like <laughs> about to like fight veronica and cheryl or something too. too yeah so um i'm glad i hope that other other viewers had the same reaction i was so confused for like the 10 seconds they had leading up to it like i don't i couldn't even concentrate on what he was saying because i'm like what what is about to happen but he just smashes the bottles with the sledgehammer which seems very dangerous like also imagine like, I know he's our dad, but imagine the mayor of your town walking into your business with a sledgehammer and just smashing your stuff. Um, that's dumb. I would just confiscate it, and then, boom, free rum for you and the law enforcement boys. Um, no, they could get it back. <laughs> that's true. Um, that was very funny, and I actually laughed out loud when I watched him, like, destroy all those bottles with the sledgehammer, but... So he opened, like, a cabinet, and they were, I don't know, like, taped or Velcroed or somehow attached to the inside. Oh, no, there was, like, a little, like, um... There was, like, a shelf, right? A shelf, yeah. And the, but anyway, how did he, like, s take a sledgehammer to the bottles and not, like, also break the cabinet door? Like, what? A, he had so much control in that in those swings. <laughs> He's Hiram Lodge. Yeah, <laughs> I mean... But, I mean... I don't know. <laughs> that, was, that was just, you know, Hiram continues to be the most iconic character in the show. I really think by having him in it less, they kind of made him better in a way. Yeah. Because now when he comes in, it's like a treat. <laughs> but 
But coming from that, Cheryl dis- is like, oh, why don't we keep the nightclub open and run our shady run, rum, uh, run and rum, you know, two words. But yeah. why don't we run our rum <laughs> operation from the Maple Club? So that's. But I'm they like, need somebody. They need somebody to help them run it. Oh man, I wonder who that will be. And then Didn't they go I call it last week. Didn't we did. I we say, talked about it. Hey, where's Penelope? And then boom, there's <laughs> Penelope. I can't tell if like we're really good at predicting or like we're really gullible, and that's what they want us to think. Let's go with the former. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but let's go yeah, with so- secret option number three, and that's that the writers are listening, and it's not, like this hasn't the the future episodes haven't been filmed yet. They film yeah. it weekly. They yeah. film it. They film it when we release on Mondays and, and have it out by Wednesday. It's pretty. It's a crazy operation. Yeah. <laughs> but um, so yeah, they so they get Penelope. They go down to the bunker, and Veronica's like, "Okay." And then Cheryl's like, "Mommy, dearest, why don't you run our club, and then you have slightly more freedom?" And she has to wear a mask all the time because it, you know she's creepy. on the run. I forgot about that, but. But, like, she is a wanted woman. But also, wouldn't everyone know who she is? <laughs> like, her I, hair is red. And she's always wearing that glove, even with a mask. I think you can tell. But maybe they, like, they probably want her to stick around. But I don't know. They're So they're running her old brothel, basically. Right. And that's pretty much it oh she's also wearing an ankle monitor that tony's like i have an ankle monitor i'm like what i i did mild spoilers ahead i guess but i did see a tweet that apparently tony is going to have more of a backstory in maybe the next episode i don't know but so hopefully we you know get to learn anything about her character that hasn't really existed since she and Cheryl got together because mm-hmm. she only just does what's convenient for the plot. But anyway, we talk about that all the time on here. So, you know who else only plays a character when it's convenient for the plot? Who? Mr. Kevin. Oh Char. yeah, let's. Oh man, yeah, let's talk about Kevin this week. Mm-hmm. It's I would say you know a shorter storyline to, to to discuss, but um, it all starts out where they're in Pops. He's in Pops. He's waiting for a date. Fangs, remember? Fangs from the cult and the serpents. Uh, He comes in and is like, hey, I'm sorry again. Um, Maybe we should go out. And Kevin's like, no, I can't forgive you that easily. And I'm like, fair. Okay, I just have a comment about this line. It's it's so disconnected, their conversation. Like, and I, I'll explain myself, but it sounds like either two different people wrote that same conversation, or like one person wrote a line and then they like left for lunch or something, and then they came back and immediately started writing again without reading anything that they wrote previously. <laughs> because, <clears throat> and I have, I literally wrote down the, the the three lines, this interaction, because I was like, that's so bizarre. Um. Fangs. So Kevin's at the at Pops on his phone. And oh, oh my god. I'll get to grind him in just a second. Oh my god. But Fangs is on his or sorry, Kevin's on his phone, and then Fangs says, Kevin. 
And then Kevin says, now's not a good time, Fangs. I'm waiting for my date. And then Fangs says, I'm not stalking you. I'm just picking up burgers. And I was like, that's not what he said. He didn't say anything like, like, you know, to allude to the fact that he was stalking him. He just said, now's not a good time. And then Fangs says, I'm not stalking you. And it just that... Those two lines, like, did somebody walk away from that, from the script writing process for, like, 17 hours and then come back and immediately pick up where they left off? Like, it's, or, or was there, like, like an interaction that happened there that we just missed? I, I hated that. <laughs> that honestly stood out to me. Um, and yeah. just a quick note about uh, the Grindome thing. So, oh, my God. <laughs> like I've said, they treat... Uh, Kevin, like, the token gay, which is so infuriating, um, because, like, I don't know, have they ever met a homosexual person before in their entire lives? I'm sure some, I'm sure that there's a homosexual on the Riverdale cast and or crew, like, just, like, somebody should have raised a red flag when, okay, we only saw his app for two swipes, but they were both shirtless chest pics of men without faces, and I'm sure that, like, Grindr or other dating apps, like, I'm sure those happen on there, too, right? But that's not, like, all what gay people are, and it's so infuriating. Yeah, a lot of, especially all of Kevin's relationships in this show, like, first of the main relationships, there was Joaquin, who wasn't even gay, or, like, I don't, that was still confusing to me. Like, he, it was basically, like, the serpents put him up to it so they could be close to the sheriff's son. So that's messed up. And then they did have Moose, but then Moose went through a lot. Um, also, he just kind of disappeared. <laughs> yeah, what happened with that? But I mean, whatever. But um, um, and then and then he had the whole thing with Fangs, which only happened because they were both in a cult and had like they really didn't have any like, natural progression to them getting together besides that they were in a cult and, like, you didn't really see much of them in general. And then all of his, like, weird hookups that have happened, like, he just has not... They've not written him a healthy relationship at all, really. And he deserves better. And, like, all the people watching that, you know, love Kevin and, like, feel like they're represented, you know, probably don't feel like they're represented, if that makes sense. Yeah, and then when he meets the guy that he's going on a date with, the guy just says, literally, they're like, hey, hi, I'm Kevin, nice to meet you. And then he says, yeah, you want to get out of here? I have a room at the Five Seasons. And it's like... Yeah. It's like, why are they playing off... Why are they making, like, the gays in Riverdale, like, just so... Like, I don't even know what the right word is to describe it, but it's... Do you know what I mean? I know what you mean. I can't think of the word either, but... If anyone can think of it, someone like, shouting it right now. And just, like, like sex-crazed, like, that whole, the thing about them, like, running into the wood, running in the woods at night and, like, yeah. hooking up with each other. Like, that's not what homosexuality is. Like, it's, it's just people having a relationship, and they're making it into this thing where it's, like, taboo and, like, all gays care about is, like, sexual relations, and which is apparently not what Kevin's date was into Kevin's date with the tickling (laughs) yeah um I do want to quickly say like they've said the word grinder on this show before I don't know like why can they just like go to their old scripts and hit control f and 
find out like if they, because they they did not need to change grinder to grind him when they've said grinder before anyway so they go to this hotel and the guy's like i want have you ever been filmed and kevin said something like it hasn't end what it didn't end well i don't know if he was referring to something we saw or if he was just like no I, but was it maybe like when he would video chat with chic oh yeah know. See, another example of, like, Kevin just hasn't had great relationships. Yeah. Um, but, um, so, the guy basically says, I run a tickling operation. <laughs> and Kevin says yes. And that he brings up this guy, Daryl. And this is what I was... Not only does he, like, operate a tickling operation, but, like, he promised Kevin... Like a lot of money for f- for filming him and another man tickling each other. Yeah, and I need more details. So, um, apparently, there is a documentary on Netflix <gasps> called "Tickled," I think, or like the Tickle oh, okay. King, or one of those things. Because apparently, this happened in like New Zealand. And, but then it like I don't Freaking I don't know the details. I saw I was scrolling on the Riverdale Reddit. Everyone, if we got any redditors out there, thanks for listening. I guess. But <laughs> but there were I saw a post that was talking about this documentary that apparently it like is a guy pretty much doing this like you know getting people to tickle each other and on video and paying them but then it's he started blackmailing them i don't know the details and it seemed like some sketchy stuff was going on and i don't know but i if anyone watched the documentary let us know and to give us a rundown because i frankly i don't know if i'm really interested in watching it <laughs> um i don't know why but i am <laughs> okay well we'll report back next week and it's, we'll talk about um, it yeah i might i'm i just looked it up quickly well and i'm like reading the synopsis and other things and i am just very confused and i need to know more yeah how did they come up with this i don't know but well like, that makes me think that they're probably gonna like blackmail kevin Probably. That's what I was thinking. I was like, Kevin is smart and very good at directing musicals. That's all we know about him. And, like, doesn't he, isn't he thinking about his future? Like, this could very easily come back to bite him if, like, something in his career, like, someone in his career field is not about the tickling business. I don't know. I, yeah, <laughs> but, like, but they portray gays as just, like, all they care about is having sex. So he's willing to throw away his future at the the chance of hugging up with a man so you know well just tickling (laughs) true but um the guy tells kevin he has a great laugh and kevin's (laughs) (laughs) so kevin then goes to fangs and is like this is gonna be weird but like we need to talk about something and they don't show it but I, was, I just was watching this, and I was like, I, we keep asking for a Kevin storyline, but, like, this is not what I meant. <laughs> um, no, this is exactly what I had in mind. <laughs> Thank you, writers. Yeah, you know what? You're right. I, I'm sorry. You know, we've been lacking in tickle storylines on TV, so I'm really glad that they're finally giving the uh, the, the tickle stands representation. 
before what? they have good gay representation, they have the tickle fans. But what? What in the world? Who? Who approved this? Who thought this was a good idea? That's what I kept thinking. Like someone was sitting in the writers' room. Like, guys, I have a great idea. Have you watched this documentary on Netflix called Tickled? And and then people were like, Oh yeah, that sounds great. Let's do it. Like, ugh. I bet some some guy. Listen, Josh, or like that could be a writer. If you're a writer and you're listening, I need more information about the process. To be honest, I. Um, I th- genuinely think that it would have been more interesting and more true to reality if the guy was like, I forgot his name, the Kevin State, if he like actually was trying to like get him to film a, a porno, and then Kevin like agreed. Like, I I I would have been disappointed with Kevin, but I think that that would have been more interesting. And I think that like I don't know, do teenagers go through that? I'm sure it happens more often know. than tickling. Well, that's the thing I was wondering is, like, did, like, okay, Kevin, I think at this point they're 18, but, like, wouldn't that be, I mean, I guess tickling you don't, I don't, like, it's it's such a weird thing, like, why, did they do tickling because the CW was, like, we're not gonna let you do porn, even though they kind of have done porn already? I really, I don't, I mean, like, they kind of implied that Sheik was do well they well, oh, what did right, they call right, right. video chatting or something yeah, like yeah. I don't know so like I it's just very it's just so bizarre this yeah. is kind of one of the reasons I thought this was a better episode though because it you know it really made me question what I was watching <laughs> in a way that some of these other episodes haven't so with that being said you <laughs> want to talk about Betty and Brett and Jughead and the quizzes, yes. quiz team and Charles, who's back now. Wait, okay. I, I have a question mm-hmm. before. What happened to the person videotaping people's houses? Oh, man. You're right. You see, it's so easy to forget plot lines like that because so much other things are happening. I just don't get, like, are they just going to not bring it up and we're just going to have to, like, no, the guy just went away. Okay. The only guy we've seen with a video camera is Tickle Guy. So, like, if Tickle Man is the one that ends up being the filmer of the home, get ready. But Man, I hate when that happens. I hate when they do that. That's... I know. Just, like... And to me, personally, that was one of the more interesting things. I was Because when I signed up for this show, it was a murder mystery. And I wanted to know who killed Jason. And now, sometimes they bring elements back of that, like, murder mystery. Like, ooh, somebody's <laughs> filming. Even though it's ridiculous. Somebody's filming houses. And then they got closer and filmed the house for eight hours or six hours or whatever. And then dropped off a VCR. Like, that's spooky. I want to know more. But instead, they're like, a quiz show. And I'm like, I don't care. Ugh. Yeah. So the quiz team, also, we discussed it last week, and I'd say we were pretty right. It was Betty, Veronica, Tony, and Cheryl. You know, the the typical, they wouldn't bring in a new character for this. I really did think Kevin would be on the team, but oh well. Um, so Betty's like super hardcore getting ready to get quizzy, get quizzical. There's, that's a good one. Um, and she and Jughead are in his dorm room mm-hmm. and 
they have some like interactions with Brett and <laughs> I kind of I do think like it this is another like interaction that I kind of like is Betty and Brett first their names are pretty similar but second like I don't know they're just it's they're having different characters interact like it'd be it'd be cool if like I don't know other you know Veronica and Archie talked but <laughs> if we can't get that I'll take this <laughs> who ships Bretty am I right <laughs> oh man I sure Mm-hmm. Don't. Uh, yeah. Um, but uh, so then Jughead is pitching his uh, his Baxter Brothers book to the Baxter Brotherhood, <laughs> and he the I, all I remember is the name of it is like the boy in the river, and I was like, okay, that's gonna be Jughead. This it's so leading like to that line storyline of Jughead's gonna fake his own murder mm-hmm. but but I do think based on like the end of this episode I think something goes wrong and he doesn't come back and like he will eventually come back maybe in the finale or something but like it's they they're like oh we're gonna fake his murder but then like he's gone it's kind of like what Jason did in the first I season. was just about to say that yep I think that's what's gonna happen except he'll be alive I mean Jason's also alive um True. he'll be back but like Oh, they'll both be back. It'll be wild. <gasps> Jughead will come back and you'll be like, whoa. And then and then Jason will come back and you'll be like, oh my god, they pulled two and one. <sighs> I didn't see that coming because they already had a big reveal. But guess who saw it coming? We did. So mark my oh. words. I mean, um, just because you said that and that's a really good idea, it's not going to happen because they don't <laughs> think that far ahead. But that would actually be pretty good. I think, yeah, I honestly, I feel like there's a good chance something like that will happen. But um, so so he's pitching this story and the Brotherhood is just not interested. And then the teacher, what's his name? Uh, Mr. DuPont. DuPont. Thank you. <laughs> I just can't remember the teacher's name on this show, apparently. Awesome. I, I couldn't remember the, um, what was <laughs> Mr. What was the other teacher's name? The one who jumped out the window? Um. Man, now I can't remember. Teddy? Te- no. <laughs> Mr. Teddy. No, um, I remembered his name in his last episode, but now I don't. Anyway, but DuPont is like Jughead perform or Forsyth performs best when he's writing what he knows. And then he sighs and starts telling pretty much exactly the Black Hood story, but he changes the name to the Brown Hood, which is so bad. And, and then he's like, oh, I'll, I'll think of a better name. And they're like, no, no, no. We like it. Why? Listen, and, if, if he was going to pick a different color, why not, like, the Red Hood or something? Like, that sounds also, more ominous. We Like, again, we don't know how far away this school is from Riverdale, but clearly can't be too far. Like, haven't they heard of the Black Hood? Like, you said once, serial killers don't come around, like, that often. So when they do... The world hears about it, at least the state. Like, if they're that close, you would think that they've heard about the Black Hood before. I don't understand why they're so, if, I guess, if impressed. Yale, yeah, like, yeah. Yale has heard about the Black Hood. So why wouldn't these random people? But I anyway, um, so he, oh, he also accidentally, like, tells Betty that he got into Yale. And she's, like, a little bit upset about it because she didn't, um... And they, 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 they're both just like the writers are kind of just forcing drama into their relationship. I think because I don't yeah. know, like none of it felt organic. 
Like, I get why he wouldn't want to tell her, but they're clearly trying to make it a thing when it's really not. But anyway, um, yeah. <laughs> I bet he, or um, Jughead and Charles have some interaction at some point, and I can't remember what it is. But oh, I can tell you because I have a couple notes. Okay, um, I have something about it too. This was before he decided to go with Betty, like the the story of the black hood to pitch, and so he wanted to get because Mr. Dupont says that the new Baxter Brothers book or series, or I don't know, they want to do they want a serial killer vibe, um, and so that's like the assignment topic that they give Jughead, and he's like, oh, this would. You know, the Black Hood would be a really good story, but I can't do that to Betty. So he goes to he goes to Charles and asks for some, like, uh, serial killer cases that he can, like, get inspiration from. Oh, right. Okay. And then um, Jughead says, thank, thank you, Chuck. I owe you. <laughs> and first, two things. Um, Chuck? Yep, We're calling right. him Chuck now? So, so it's Chuck and Sheik? Shock and chic. <laughs> the second thing is, he says, thank you, Chuck, I owe you. And I thought he said, I just misunderstood, and I thought he said, thank you, Chuck, I love you. <laughs> and I was like, whoa, they're at the I love you stage? Like, I mean, like, they're brothers, and like, yeah, brothers should love each other and feel comfortable saying it to one another, but man, they have known each other for like less than a year. Good for yeah. them, I guess. It was just so <laughs> funny that the thought of Jughead saying, thanks, Chuck, love you, <laughs> that made me laugh. But anyway, what was your comment? Um, I just, like, quite literally wrote Chuck in all caps with several question marks. Um, so I had the same reaction, pretty much. But um, since Charles is in this episode, he has to be in more scenes. So they, so Betty goes to him and is basically like... They're already paying for him, you know? Yeah. You know, max him out. <laughs> Exactly. So they, um, she goes to Charles and is like, can you figure out why I didn't get in? It's just bothering me. And he's like, I'm in the FBI. Okay. And then Brett tells her that Jughead's writing about the Black Hood. Brett is very good at distracting them from whatever they're trying to do. Because she was like, Brett, you paid someone to take your test. And he's like, okay, well, your boyfriend's writing a story about your life and making money off of it so oh. <laughs> i kind of like brett more <laughs> Not gonna me, too. me too he's a good villain and because he just like just straight up just doesn't care and i love it <laughs> wait but, but um, the reason the reason she goes over to talk to jacket to begin with and when brett says that is because she found out that brett's parents paid for somebody to take his psats yeah and so, was it just his PSATs? Like, not his SATs? Because, you know, they don't look at your PSATs when you're applying to college. They look at your SATs. So, if yeah, somebody took yeah. his PSATs, like, whatever. That wasn't even required. I mean, it's not right. And, yeah, he's, like, an entitled little bitch, but whatever. <laughs> but if he took his SATs and got into Yale, like, then he's, like, qualified, I guess. Yeah. Well, that's what I was wondering, because then she talked about how he, his parents, like, paid his way to get into this school. But, like, like was he taking the PSATs in middle school? Like I, Exactly. It's, oh, it's yeah. so weird. Because the PSATs, I took them in, like, 9th grade or 10th, I think. Yeah, I think it was 10th. Actually, so, I took them in 10th and 11th grade. And the SATs actually, in 12th grade. I think I did, too. 
Now that yeah. you say it, I couldn't remember because I knew I did it two years. But anyway, not important right now. But yeah, um, they also do the um, like the first round of the quiz show, and the questions are all just so bad. Uh, like one of them is, "What's the powerhouse of the cell?" My oh my like, god! Like it's questions they probably just googled like. That's also a meme. That was so, like, like, I what's know. the longest coastline in Europe? I was like, I actually was like, that's a pretty good question. Like, I would have to sit there and think about it for a little bit. Um, but then I think right after they're like, what's the, what's the the powerhouse of the cell? And also like, okay, if you're gonna define the mitochondria, that's just a, like, a, a a metaphor people use to be able to like understand the parts of a cell and you can think of the mitochondria as the powerhouse of the cell but if you're going to define it you don't it's not how you define the mitochondria yeah and like I, they definitely did see all the memes and they thought it would be funny if they put it in similar to how later they do a mean girls reference where yeah. it's like if the limit approaches nothing the limit does not exist blah 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 and it's like <sighs> like that made me audibly groan when i saw that it was so, I was so annoyed. Like, they think they're, it's not funny to just reference things. Exactly. It's without referencing, like, the source. Exactly, yeah. So and we said that last week, too, and they just did keep doing it, so stop. Yeah. There was a funny line, though. One of the quiz questions was about Frank Lloyd Wright, who's an architect, and Cheryl says, he designed Thornhill. <laughs> That's that was actually pretty funny. Like <laughs> that's it. That's all I had to say about that. But um, yeah. Well, so when Cheryl or not Cheryl, when Betty goes to the school and first, just like somehow gets inside and walks out, makes her way to the dorm and like slams the door open. And there's that cute scene of Jughead and Brett, and they're like have their backs towards each other and are just like studying or whatever. Yeah, just it reminded inside. me of. Reminded me of our our roommate experience when yeah. we were we would do homework. It was kind of like the layout of our dorm room. It's whatever. Yeah. Um, but so she goes there, slams the door open, and um, what did she hope to accomplish? She just like she was like, your parents paid for you to get take the PSATs. Like you don't you don't deserve this. I was like, okay, like are you denouncing him? Like he he already knows that. Yeah, what did it was, you hope to accomplish? It was just like, it was confusing because I was hoping if she wanted to like mess with his head, she should have held on to that info and saved it for when she could like imply it and make him feel insecure about it. But she didn't. She just laid it all out. It was pretty dumb it was in pretty general. Dumb. But so then Charles, that's when Jughead reveals or. Brett reveals that Jughead's writing about her life mm-hmm. for his story, and she gets mad and then gets home, and Charles tells her that the reason she get, didn't get into Yale was because her dad's the Black Hood, which is not great. It's so uh, stupid. Yeah, and then she, like, storms out, and let me just say, she was not holding a sledgehammer when she left. <laughs> What's so, up with this episode and sledgehammers just appearing out of thin air? And... So this just makes me think she has it in her car or something. <laughs> but um, she goes to her dad's grave and just gives a monologue about how he's continuing to ruin her life even while he's dead. And then she starts taking a sledgehammer to his grave. And then Alice comes in and hugs her. And they have, like, a mother-daughter moment. And then 
Jughead shows up because they can just go back and forth to the school so easily. The school that hasn't heard of the Black Hood, but is within walking distance, apparently. (laughs) And then um, they have, like, a makeup moment, whatever, and then they... How did Alice know that she was there? I think she said Charles told her, but I don't know how Charles... Uh, he's in the FBI, I guess. <laughs> he probably has a tracker on her car. I don't know. But, uh, like, I'll... I'll uh, it's Riverdale. I don't know what I expect. But... but um, Sorry. Sorry to keep going back. But remember, like, I have a question for you now. Like, Charles and Sheik are together, and there was that whole thing about, like, they moved the body, the shady man's body, and, like, Charles had helped them, like, get rid of the evidence or, like, the car or whatever. Um, and then there's that scene of Charles and Sheik talking through the prison glass and they, like, put their hands together and they're, like, and Charles says, like, oh, you were right. The body was exactly where you said it would be or whatever. And, like, what is what is his ulterior motive? What I is know, that storyline? Like, get to it. I really want to know. They keep introducing these things and just dropping them. Like, it's going to... They're gonna like try try to tie it all together by being like Sheik was the videotaper, and it's like from prison. <laughs> okay. Ugh. So it's just so uh, like please at least have Sheik in a new episode and have like give give us a little kernel, you know. But <laughs> yeah. But um. So then it's time for the quiz show, which is just just I have to talk about like the way this quiz show works. In that, like, it's filmed and televised, which I will say, there are, like, high school academic competitions in a similar style that do that. You've definitely not as, you know, theatrical and retro as this one, but it, that does happen. But it's unrealistic for every single round to be filmed. Like, if it was just, like, the final televised one, I'd be like, yeah, that's reasonable. But they were filmed the first time, too. And, like, what channel is this on? Who's paying for this? Like, it's just very confusing to me. But Just they... the taxpayer money? I need to know. <laughs> yeah, how, how is Hiram okay with this as the mayor? But, um, so they... Jughead brings the Yale recruiter to watch the quiz show. So, which I was like, why don't you take him to meet her after? So it doesn't add on unnecessary pressure. But whatever. More... <laughs> Sorry, more importantly... So... Am I supposed to believe that if she wins this quiz show, um, she gets the second chance that she's going to get accepted into Yale? Like, huh? Yeah, that's not. Yeah, it's not to bring up Glee again, but it's like in Glee when Rachel begs the recruiter or like the head of the school to come see her sing in order to let her in. And it's like, you can't just harass the dean for a second chance. I'd sooner believe that, though. I'm sure, like, that has happened before but if somebody like rejects you and their reason was she's the daughter of the black hood and then they're like oh but please just like watch her compete in this quiz it's who cares if she competes in a quiz like at least rachel and glee like the her major like you know the reason she would get in was because of her voice and then she can like show her that she's actually good and just got choked up that one time now we're talking about glee but (laughs) but welcome to glee don't the podcast where we talk (laughs) about glee listen i'm just saying i would be cool with a glee one but that's that'll be our our summer project yeah (laughs) um anyway if she wins she's still gonna be the black hood's daughter that's not gonna change so why would they 
uh, uh, just like they don't understand how anything works. Like the PSATs. Come on. Yeah. Just do a so, little bit of research. It's so annoying. And then and then like the next thing is just even more dumb stuff because Alice is like, hey, I left you a present in the green room. And I'm like, that's so sweet. I, I bet it's like flowers or something. Mm-hmm. And then it's the answers, which how did she get them? <laughs> right. And then Betty you don't it doesn't reveal right away what she does but she is shown answering pretty much all the questions that they show and tony at one point makes a comment like what's the point of us being here it's like she has all the answers and then they the final question betty and brett bready go up to the mic and it's a question about cars and we know that betty is a car genius oh yeah so she gets it right, and Riverdale wins, and she reveals to her mom that she ripped up the question, the answers and, like, threw them in the trash. So dumb. Yeah, and then, like, the next day, the principal's like, we found it, uh, which I, Brett is, probably mm-hmm. is the one. They, I mean, it's pretty obvious. Brett took it from her trash, and then Jughead challenges him to a duel... <laughs> and then that ends and I'm gonna like get back to this in a second I just want to finish like the recap um, mm-hmm. and then it like advances into much later or I'm sorry um, it also yeah but before that it also shows um, Betty suspended and Alice was also suspended from her job I guess um, <laughs> and Riverdale like lost the contest now and it's bad press and Honey's upset and then and then it goes four weeks later and Betty and Archie are in Pops, and she's crying, and she's like, I don't know how I can do this without Jughead, and he, like, holds her hand and says, like, we'll get through it together. Um, I just want to say, how has Betty hid a dead body but is unable to properly dispose of quiz show answers? <laughs> uh, well said. Yeah. Um like, you think she'd like put throw them out at home or burn them or something, but <sighs> like you know very well that we, I don't know how Alice got them, but it's clearly illegal. Yeah, um, and so you think that just ripping it up is enough? Ripping it up is enough? Yeah, that's it's just bad form. It really is. I just, I this wasn't. I was like, is this really? I thought there was enough happening this episode. They didn't need to throw that in there. It would have been, I don't know, almost wholesome if the if the next few minutes were, like, them stressed out about, like, their chances and, like, maybe doing some quick studying. I don't know. Yeah. But, <laughs> no. they Riverdale doesn't do normal. <laughs> they're, it's weird. <laughs> it doesn't fit in. Yeah. Have you ever but, seen them without that hat? <laughs> that's weird. <laughs> but but I mean okay so then you know cutting to the to the last scene to me I was like they're probably trying to get at like a Betty Archie relationship which further confirmed to me that they're going to have Jughead come back ooh if that makes sense cuz if they like obviously it's not like Betty and Archie were kissing or something but mm-hmm. they I think they want fans to think something's going to happen and then 
there it's like she's gonna like finally move on from Jughead and like be with Archie and then Jughead's gonna come back and that'll be like the drama in season five yeah I mean it's not like Archie and Veronica are even together anyway so (laughs) yeah or plot twist he gets together with Veronica shake things up a bit yep that'd be fun or like if they bring in some different characters like maybe like Veronica gets together with, uh, I've ran, I've run out of characters. <laughs> Dylan Doyley's dead, isn't he? Um, <laughs> yeah, unfortunately. We miss yeah. that kid. Um, Veronica and Charles, no, Charles is with she. Anyway, <laughs> that's it. <laughs> that's the episode. You enjoyed Wasn't this. the worst, No, but also still bad. It was, like, bad in the way that I enjoy watching it. So, good job for getting back to that. S- still be better. <laughs> um, if they said that... If, like, the flash forward said four weeks later, does that mean four episodes from now we're going to find out? Oh, you know what? You're probably right. Because, oh boy. Chapter 72... Or three, depending on how they're counting. Well, wait. If it's that was four le- weeks later, and mm-hmm. like that was after Jughead's quote unquote death, so that means it might even be sooner. I can't wait. Like, does that make sense? Like, it could potentially even be next week or something. Mm. It'd be surprising if it was, but. Like, if it was next week, I feel like they had no lead-up, but we'll find out. (laughs) What else is new? Yeah, so... Anyway. um, Yeah, thanks for listening. This Uh, was fun. (laughs) Stick around next week for episode, chapter, whatever, 69. Yeah. Catch you later, folks. Yeah, have a great one. I'm Julia. I'm 13. (laughs) (laughs) And I don't know how to read. (laughs) See you next time. We get, like, copyright infringement from that. (laughs) Jared19. Anyway, bye. Bye. (laughs)